I got to stay on the back train with everybody else while you guys get on first and your lives matter more. I don't even get on the train. Right? The whole I li all lives matter, you realize that's not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, oh, it, it's not true at all. <laughs> it's not. You remember how lives matter? What happened to that? <laughs> no, no, as soon as that fucking first rocket came in, no, no. what lives matter? They were out here marching, right? Yeah. So, so where the where the all I can see? Cause you can find it home, just that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense, cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics, and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back. I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing, too. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground. This is episode 74. I am joined once again by Joseph. Wild West Kemp Style. Nations. And I am David Lacey. And we're Shills for Russia. And this is the show where we constantly remind you. Politics ruins everything. Joseph, how are you doing today? Oh, doing better now. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was too good. Oh man, old pooty tang. Old pooty tang. <laughs> that's oh, a mo. Man. That's a mo thing, by the way. Um, oh, pooty tang is. Yeah, he, he. I. I picked that up from him, and he. Did you uh, like the nicknames I came up with for our Discord? Yes, I would. I would read them, but I closed Discord because it makes beeping noises all the time, uh, and you'd, you'd be able it. to hear it on the podcast. I did uh, for uh, Joe Biden. I did the Scranton sniffer. That one was really good. <laughs> yeah. For the Ukrainian government, I did. And for those, if you continue to listen to the podcast, you'll understand this one. For the Ukrainian government, I did blonde hair, blue eyes only. <laughs> and then for Trump, I did Lord Voldemort. Uh, and then for Xi Jinping, I did humanitarian. Yes. So, yeah, he is such a humanitarian. He is. Yeah. Number one. Um, apparently, there's this dude. I heard a story this past week. I don't know if it's true, uh, but apparently his house was going to get demolished in China, wherever. And he put pictures because apparently I think it's a law that you can't destroy anything that has Xi Jinping's picture on it. Uh -huh. So he plastered his picture all over his house <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> like, hey, yes. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. But yeah, man, no, I'm doing well. Other than the fact of gas prices, man, oh, uh, at least here they've increased uh, 40 cents this past week. Yeah, ours have been going up like crazy. Uh, some of the out areas right outside of Asheville, it's like four dollars a gallon, and it's uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's creeping up uh, in the Asheville area too. Uh, I was telling uh, a buddy of mine today, it was like those four dollar prices. That's that's just foreshadowing for what's coming towards us. Yep. Um, so and it'll he lives a little further out, so it's gonna hit him before it does us. Man, people don't understand that quote of how what is it? Strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create good uh, hard times. Yep. And hard times create strong men. And Ukraine yeah. creates uh, gas prices going up. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's mm -hmm. all Ukraine's fault. Yep. Um, it's definitely not the coronavirus packages that were signed by both administrations, and it's definitely not the canceling the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not the inflation is definitely just Ukraine. Yep, yep. The only reason gas prices and inflation is happening is because of the the crisis in Ukraine. But I'm, you know, I guess before we get into the gas prices and everything, I guess I need to tell people how they can support the podcast. I was going to say, if you want to help us pay for our gas, <laughs> <laughs> you can support the podcast by going to our show notes and looking, uh, clicking on the direct.me link, and it will take you to... Our account, which has our PayPal donation link, which we're also going to be. I'm looking into a couple of other uh, paying processing uh, companies that we can use because we're not the biggest fan of PayPal, but that's what we have right now. We also have the yeah. Bitcoin uh, wallet address. You can send us Bitcoin, however many you want to send. We're happy with any. And you can also support the podcast by sending us any clips or news articles you find interesting if, if we agree we'll put them on the show but you can connect to with us on our youtube channel go there subscribe like comment engage with us our youtube channel is really growing uh, you can find us on odyssey and then all of our social media accounts are on our direct.me uh, link so 
again, we utilize the value for value system here, which just means that whatever value you're getting from us, you can donate back and return to us. So also be sure to check us out this Thursday on YouTube at Nerd Nerdorial. Yeah, it's Nerdorial. It uh, because we're going to be on his live stream talking about the movie Aliens. Not Alien, David. Aliens. No, I, yes. So <laughs> I, I put that one. The, <laughs> I, I The one in the show notes for this week will be from the stream from last week where mm-hmm. I talked about Alien with them. And then this Thursday, uh, around 7.30 Central Time, so 8.30 Eastern, I think, uh, we'll be talking to him about aliens with a couple other people from uh, the community. I was right when I was talking about alien. I thought we were talking about alien, not aliens this Thursday. So I was right when I said it. There's two movies, Alien, Aliens, right? Yes. Okay. You corrected me earlier, but I guess you're correcting me because we're not talking about the one I prefer. The original. Oh, okay. Well. It's all good. So I was I was telling you I was like I think when we were talking I was like I think there's alien and aliens. But oh, is that what you were trying to say? That is not the way that it came across. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you can check us on Nerdporials YouTube, where we talk. We'll be talking about aliens this Thursday. But last week, David talked about alien, held it down for us on his stream. Yeah, till like two thirty in the morning. Hey, you know, My, I have to get a um. Just on that grind, man. I have to get some sort of uh, memory foam for this chair because I don't. I it was great, but my uh, rear was hurting really bad by uh, the time we were done because you know sitting in a chair for four hours like that can uh, get to you. So, and then if you have a recliner, you're struggling, you know, because it's so comfortable. You're just sinking into it. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't want to use the recliner because I had the camera on and it just look, you look frumpy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Anyway, Joseph, let's get into the topics for tonight. Uh, where are we starting? What, what's yeah, first? I just, I'm not, I guess we could start on the geography of Ukraine where it's located. And I think the vice president can help us out with this. Ah, yes, yes. It's loading. She's my go-to source. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So Basically, that's wrong, Mm -hmm. and it goes against everything that we stand for. There are terms that we use. We say we respect the sovereignty, the territorial integrity of countries, right? Their independence. Russia has gone into Ukraine militarily, unprovoked, with no justification other than to exercise its power to take over another country. So essentially that's what's at stake. And we as America are saying that's wrong and we will stand with Ukraine in saying that that is wrong. But that's essentially where we are. That's essentially the issue. And when it comes to what we know to be principles of fairness, we know that what Russia is doing is wrong when it comes to what needs to happen then? Well, there needs to be severe consequence and accountability. And that's why you'll hear on the news that we talk about sanctions, which is basically having Russia pay a financial cost to the point that we can have a real impact, put a real hurt on their economy as a consequence for their bad behavior, which is resulting in the loss of innocent lives. And that's where we are. That's what the issue is, yeah, man, I, I, I was, it's the second time I've heard so that today. Yeah, it really is. It's the second time I've heard that today. And I was just like sitting here thinking, and I was like, we could do an entire episode on this minute and a half clip. Oh, dude, we could. Just There's talk. so many things I thought of just in that minute and a half. Yeah, and uh, for those of you that aren't aware, one of the reasons this is pretty hilarious, besides the fact that she's being so condescending, that this is on um, what is generally known as urban radio. Uh, and urban radio tends to go out towards uh, the black community. So there's 
plenty of issues that you could dive into on on that end about Kamala Harris and how she was supposed to, you know, essentially be the the shining light on a hill, um, according to some people. Uh, when it came to those things uh, clearly that's not the case because she was talking to everyone like they were second graders we did it Joe yeah. we won the presidency uh-huh. she's like Russia is a big country Ukraine is small big country invade small country yeah. why use lot word when a few word do trick <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> So yeah, and not unreal, to, man. Not to mention that we got to be living like God just turned up the humor to like a <laughs> hundred. Well, and, and this is the thing, man. I mean, they, to some degree, they call it gallows humor. This is the reason that uh, a lot of people uh, that are in similar spaces to us are getting in trouble right now. Like uh, Chrissy Mayer put out a, a shirt recently that says "Rooting for Putin" on it, and people <laughs> were losing their minds. Dude, they're like, "This is not funny. This is not the time." It's like actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, it is, and it's 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 so unbelievable because Kamala Harris and maybe I mean, I I, I will give her a one percent benefit of the doubt that maybe she doesn't really understand how the uh, the American Empire works, um, but for her to be like, we care about the sovereignty of nations and their borders and, and their territorial and borders. the lives of the pe- yeah the <laughs> lives of the people who live there, and you're like, no, no, you don't, you don't at all. <laughs> So and it's just you know we'll get into it later. It's hard to like we care about Ukrainians. We care about everyone, every civilian who's yes losing their life, whether innocent, if it's due to America, yeah. whether if it's due to Russia, who are innocent, right? Yeah, innocent people. And uh, clearly, if you've listened to us, you know we don't agree with Putin. Obviously, that's like yeah. a non. Oh, what would it be? It's uh, like a non. It's a non-starter. So, so yeah. this is this is the thing that happens where. You have this conversation. It's why I made that joke earlier because you have this conversation and you go, well, listen, this is a lot more nuanced. Ukraine isn't the country that you think that it is. And we talked about it last week on the show. And obviously this didn't happen to us um, because most of the people who listen to the podcast like us um, (laughs) as far as we know. And um, so people kind of understand what we do here. Uh, but a lot of people have been getting criticized unfairly because they're like, well, you're just shilling for Russia. You're just a, you're propping up the, uh, Pootie Tang's administration. And it's one of those things where you go, man, uh, that's a non-starter because we can't have a conversation about what's really going on. If you're just going like you're, you're a, a, a Russian spy or, you know, you're in yeah, the pocket of, Russian of Russia. Asset. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that ends the subject right there. That's why they're called non-starters, because you can't even get the conversation going if people aren't willing to actually hear out your argument and then have something to say that is about your actual argument yeah. one way or another. This happens exactly. all the time, especially on the Internet. Yeah, it's just I think it just comes back to what we've talked about before, to where it's just the left has this is now this moral majority to where. Yeah. They control all the narratives, and if you disagree with that narrative, you're unchristian, or you're un-American, uh-huh. or you're not a patriot, you're not this or that, and it's used as a tool to attack you, <laughs> not to actually address the issue in a, in a nuanced situation where, you know, no no one is right. I uh, I posted this uh, meme today. It says, if, "Oh, you and you you liked this one. It's from Anarcho Christian, but he's like, if you disagree with me, you must support the Russian invasion." And, and it's just Ron Swanson. He's like, "I'm more anti-war than you." And he keeps <laughs> on going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Because it's again, it goes back to what Anarcho Christian says: no, no king but Christ. And I think that's what people don't realize, even when it comes to. I was just talking to a buddy this past week. I was like, it's funny because you know the, our founding fathers you know, revolted against the taxes from King George, yet George Washington led the military against uh, people who were protesting the 25% alcohol tax. Uh-huh. I think specifically on whiskey. So Yeah, man. It's a, know, it's a gatekeeping thing. Yep, it, it definitely is. And I think, well, we, we may not get into it in this episode, but that's something I've been noticing a lot recently in discussions, is that whether some of these people realize it or not, uh, their gatekeeping conversations uh, where they're saying, well, this is how you have to criticize. I'm like, no. I was like, you don't get to make the rules for how things are criticized. It's open conversations, and the best arguments rise to the top. 
And if you're yep. not if you're not going to have a conversation with me, if you're not going to take this from a place of I'm trying to have an honest conversation, let me see if you are. And then if you are, great, we can continue this. If you're not, see ya. Yeah, exactly. I, there's For no point in me wasting more breath. On your way, I don't hold anything against you. Uh-huh. But if you don't want to have an honest conversation with me, then we have we nothing can to just, talk about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think you know, obviously, we aren't experts. Otherwise, what? probably wouldn't be doing this podcast <laughs> if we were experts. Uh, but have a better job. <laughs> yeah, or have a better job at least. Uh, but yeah. So, however, what we do try to do is point out to how the corporate press isn't painting the whole picture because they have entire staffs to research and to do this. And they completely on numerous topics, right? We saw with COVID, we saw with, I mean, we go all the way back to the Iraq war, just everything from that point forward. And even beforehand, I mean, we can keep going back if you wanted to. And gold standard, there's all sorts of stuff, dude. Oh yeah. The, uh, what was it? Oh, even, um, I was reading, shoot. Uh, for New Liberty, and there's a section in there where it talks about how uh, the, the KKK was the biggest proponent of public schools back in the 20s. So, yep. I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff that people don't know or aren't paying attention to and are supporting nowadays at, while also um, uh, saying that they believe in things like freedom or, or whatever the case may be. It's, uh, right. it's sort of like in North Carolina, one of our sayings is first in freedom, but all of the alcohol in the state is uh, essentially run by the North by Carolina the government. Exactly. Uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, that's not, I don't think you know what this word really means. <laughs> I know. Well, speaking of people who love to advocate for freedom everywhere, they love it so much. They don't care how many men, women, and children they have to kill for freedom. They'll do it. Current CIA director and former ambassador to Moscow. I thought he had some interesting thoughts on this wiki leak. And I'm just going to read this one highlighted paragraph uh, to where he's speaking on basically how Russia is interpreting everything that the U.S. and Ukraine uh, were doing back in prior to 2008, but in 2008, And he says Ukraine and and for those who don't know, the current CIA director, his name is William Burns. He, again, used to be the ambassador to Russia in 2008. And he states in this classified document that was released ukraine and georgia's nato aspirations not only touch a raw nerve in russia they engender serious concerns about the consequences for stability in the region not only does russia's not only does russia perceive encirclement and efforts to undermine russia's influence in the region but it also fears unpredictable and uncontrolled consequences which would seriously affect russia Russian security interests. Experts will tell us that Russia is particularly worried that the strong device divisions in Ukraine over NATO membership with much of the ethnic Russian community against membership could lead to a major split involving violence or at worst civil war. And that eventually Russia would have to decide whether to intervene, a decision Russia does not want to have to face. And so in the preceding paragraphs and after that, it's also kind of confirming like, hey, Russia is not for NATO expansion. Right. And so basically kind of what I wanted to dig into was, okay, well, what fomented this distrust between the U.S. and Russia? Right. And I'm sure you can go back further than what I found, but I'm just going to start at this point, which I found this article uh, in the LA, LA Times by Joshua, I'm going to pronounce his name completely wrong, Ikotswitz, sorry, my man, Schifferson. Uh Anyway, he was an international security fellow at Dartmouth College and assistant professor at the Bush School of Government, Texas A&M University. Anyway, so basically what the article says, I'm not going to read the paragraphs out of it. I just took some bullet points to kind of be able to go through this pretty fast. The U.S. broke a deal in 1990 not to expand NATO into Eastern Europe, but this deal that they brokered was a handshake agreement. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing was like there wasn't a deal necessarily struck up on paper. However, it would again, and because of that, the U.S. and NATO denied that such a deal took place. But uh, we have archived. Yes, yeah. I also have to say it's, yeah. it's archived. I think some a British. Uh, 
someone, I think from here, was over in Britain and found the documents uh, not too long ago. 2019, I think? Yeah, I think 2016, actually. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe in Britain. At least I know with this one, this is also archived, I want to say in the U.S., but uh, the U.S. archived memos and transcripts from the meetings that say otherwise, that a deal did take place. So in February 1990, the U.S. made Russia an offer that if it helped with Germany, they wouldn't expand eastward. So they wouldn't expand NATO eastward and stuff like that. So Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic and the Baltic states and others after that meeting were then given NATO membership. And this made Russia big mad, like really mad because, yeah. again, it's like it's, it's here's the thing. It's one thing to do have a handshake agreement. And then if you break that handshake, handshake agreement, then your word is seen as sleazy, right? Mm -hmm. your, your word is all that you have. And so we at least know from this point, right, that the U.S. and NATO started fostering distrust with Russia, and especially once Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic and the Baltic states were all given NATO membership. Then Russia complained that the U.S. and NATO violated the non-expansion agreement and basically the U.S. diplomacy brought us to this situation, right? Well, this is also reasserted in an article by the late Robert Perry, who was an investigative reporter with AP and Newsweek, and he wrote the Iran-Contra stories. Anyway, it's titled The Mess That Newland Made, and for those who don't know, mm -hmm. Newland is currently, oh man, uh, she works in the government under in the Biden administration. I forget what her current role is, but in 2014, she was assist, assistant secretary of state for European affairs and basically led a puppet regime to take over in 2014. And so to kind of give you the uh, two she's, long, go ahead. Uh, this might be out of date, but it says she's secretary of state. Oh, really? This might. Yeah. She, uh, Hang on, keep sorry, keep reading, and I'll I'll no, find I'll find out. Uh, so yeah, so basically, uh, there was an orange revolution in the early two thousands under the Bush administration, and the Ukrainians elected three separate times, democratically elected a government. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, she's the leaked leaked phone call lady. Yep, uh -huh. but Bush, along with the CIA, created an orange or didn't like this. And so they led the tri they led a movement to try and oust the elected leader because he wasn't pro America, he was more pro Russia. Well then in 2014 finally they installed the puppet regime under Obama. And the government and media said anyone who went against the coup were Russian propagandists. Sounds familiar, right? Mm. New regime in 2014 were also neo Nazis, particularly of the as Azov Battalion, who wanted a pure-blood Ukrainian country without ethnic Russians. So they hate the ethnic Russians. And so essentially what we have is that Ukraine has been managed by the State Department since 2014. And it was Viktor Yanukovych that was ousted as president in 2014 and he was ousted because he kind of played both sides, but then became more Russian friendly. And he gets ditched for the current president, Zelensky, who was pro-West. Um, mm -hmm. And Putin's claim, Putin Tang's claims, are mm -hmm. that Ukraine is corrupt and that U U.S. regimes, mainly Biden, is indebted to these Ukrainian oligarchs, which is a reference to Hunter Biden's former employment to an energy firm in Burishma. Biden has denied any business connection to Ukraine and that Hunter acted on his own accord. However, leaked emails and Hunter Biden's laptop show Biden is lying. Again, Joe Biden is as crooked as uh, they claim Trump was. And there's actually a clip uh, if you want to uh, play that clip. Yeah, I've got it. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess the... 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee, and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from 
uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. At the time, well, there's still they. So they made some genuine, <laughs> s substantial changes institutionally and with people. Who can so Biden admitted yeah. to an illegal quid pro quo, and I believe this is the video or another like it that Trump saw, and just he didn't know if it was true or not, and he just said, "Hey, look into it." And then afterwards, that's how we get that the Trump impeachment from it. And according to Matt Taibbi, the prosecutor, Victor Shogun, signed a sworn affidavit that he was investigating Hunter Biden and other members of Burishma, the executives, right, where Hunter Biden was getting $83,000 a month and that the only reason he was fired was because of Biden's illegal quid pro quo before he was killed, too. Um, yeah. So... So you have all this corruption, which Putin is correct. But also, you know, the point out, you know, Russia lied because they said they were only going to do the Donbass region and Ukraine, which is the Western region, uh, which were the ethnic Russians. Well, they went all the way to Lviv, right, which is on the border of Poland. Also, Putin is Putin thing is evil and plays dirty games. Putin plays into problems with within Ukraine, too, to justify the war. Because we all know had there been a pro-Russian president in ukraine he wouldn't have ever invaded right right so it's all just a bunch of corruption and games being played that doesn't involve us and and all that and i just think it's important to highlight the corruption involved on all sides regarding this situation and how america had a hand into the problems that came within Ukraine as well, because it's an extremely poor country in Europe, and then as well in the broken relationship with Russia, right? Yeah. Because even if you hate a world leader that's evil and corrupt, right, and horrible, you still got to be able to know how to do diplomacy. People don't understand it was the diplomacy of World War One that led to World War Two. Had the Treaty of Versailles not been created the way that it was and they ha would have taken a more graceful and honest approach to handling germany after world war one more than likely you don't get world war ii because the economy in, in germany isn't crap right and so diplomacy is a huge thing i also think what's important is one of the things that's been bothering me is just how the corporate media is care about ukraine care about ukraine care about ukraine Ukrainians, which we should, nobody's arguing that we shouldn't, but it's funny how they choose to care about Ukrainians and not about other atrocities going on. Oh, absolutely. That the U.S. has a huge hand in. And that's what leads us into, you know, the next topic. I kind of wanted to, for those who want to yeah. know more and really dig into it, go to our show notes, look at the articles, read them. I just wanted to highlight some things real fast because this next part is where I want us to spend the majority well, of our time. I've got, I think I've got the Victoria Newland. uh, clip if you want to hear it yeah it's like two it. and a, it's like two and a half minutes also she is currently a diplomat um but I, and i kept typing in like diplomat where and it it's not coming up so i don't know i'd have to look into it just a little bit more um but it just says that she's an american diplomat currently serving under secretary of state for political affairs yep. so it could be that she's just a overall uh diplomat uh kind of running around uh but this is what she said I think uh, this. When did this come out, Joseph? And like, was this around 2014? The article that I highlighted, the mess that Newland made, yeah. was 2014. Okay. When you're a high-ranking official talking about diplomatic efforts in Ukraine, the last thing you want to do is drop your guard. Yeah, this is 2014. So that would be yep. great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it, and you know, f the EU. But that is exactly what reportedly happened between U.S. Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Jeffrey Pyatt. 
The exchange has since surfaced online, including the crude swipe at the European Union. The audio clip of a woman and man, said to be Newland and Pyatt, hears them discussing strategies to work with the three main opposition figures. I don't think Cleach should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. In terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Boak and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week, you know. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to work. There is a suggestion for Newland to contact Klitschko directly to play to his top dog sensibilities. While Newland refers to getting the United Nations involved in a political solution. And that's where the unfortunate comment arises. I'm obviously not going to comment on private diplomatic conversations, uh, other than to say uh, it was pretty impressive tradecraft. The audio was uh, extremely clear. It was very good. <laughs> We're here from America. Would you like some bread? Please take something. Okay, I don't know if there's anything else to that. <laughs> that That's last clue, she's like, hey, do you like, want nope. something? We are from America. She's like, no. Nah. <laughs> we are from America. It's the big country above Mexico, the smaller country. Well, and it's so funny because that clip in particular is very uh, damning, if you will, to the U.S. In, and its involvement in regime change in other countries. Yes. Now, I am, I'm no expert around Ukraine policy, so all those extra names, I'd have to actually sit and look up and um, like break that down uh, again. But you're, you're hearing what she's saying, and, and what's interesting is the way that they cut that is a little weird because she doesn't say F the EU until like the very end. Um, and if I remember correctly, someone's asking about, well, how is this going to affect that? And she's basically like, no, nah, F, F them. Um, they're not we, what do we care what the EU is doing uh, and so yeah. this is that this is that regime change the um, what's the what's the other term the uh, proxy war stuff uh, right. that we'll, we'll pro we talked about a little bit last week where they're giving these military grade weapons to these people in Ukraine and a lot of them are going to like gangsters and yep. so a lot of the stuff that you're hearing I, I just don't I don't know what to believe half the time uh, when we're when we're talking about the cell phone footage or whatever happens to be going on it's really hard uh, to make sense of a lot of it because there just seems to be a lot of misinformation out there. Exactly. It's hard to know what is true, it, especially when you have the corporate media in collusion with each other to paint the narrative one way regarding Ukraine. Exactly. Which but, is the, you know, the war machine behind them, the military industrial complex. Uh -huh. It is funny that she knew she got got. Yep. And that she's like, you know, I'm not going to say anything about it, but that was some pretty clear audio. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yep. And then that's the crazy thing is that was 2014 and she's back doing uh, work for uh, the White House currently. Yeah. So I found this next clip. Uh, I was watching a video last week from Aubin Preach. Shout out to them for highlighting this, which then led me to the original video, which is this, to listen to Crystal Ball and what's the other dude's name? Sagar. Sagar, yeah, that's it, uh, to their show Breaking Points. And you can play – I wanted to get into this because I thought the clips that they highlight in there were, were really funny. I think the media had seen it too in other news outlets. Them trying to – their best to be like, hey, you need to care about these European lives because they matter more than the atrocities, atrocities going on with the brown lives, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you just play a minute, 20, 29 seconds to uh, a minute and two seconds. I got you. Yeah. The Russians marching in, it's changed uh, the calculus entirely. Uh, tens of thousands of people have tried to uh, flee the city. There will be many more. People are hiding out in bomb shelters. But this isn't a place, with all due respect, um, 
you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has ding, ding. seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully, ding, too, ding. Uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. So it's basically he's saying these are white people. <laughs> Yeah, oh, this is civilized society, not those goat herders. <laughs> right? Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, dude. Uh, that's, I was I just mean, like, what do you mean by it's the, civilized? It's like just because yeah. it's not European doesn't mean it's not civilized, right? It's the quiet, about, part, it's the quiet part out loud. Yep, exactly. You can, you can blow up the goat herders as often as you want. And and it's funny because this is again this goes back to something that that I mentioned last week where in the dark night the Joker's like you know a convoy of soldiers gets blown up nobody bats an eye but uh, a school bus full of children does and everyone loses their mind this is yeah. the same uh, logic where it's like what these people are just like us and it's like oh man like you're just saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, I think what we're going to what well what we've already seen in the from CIA director William Burns from his leaked document from those two articles and from this clip and what we'll see going forward is that they don't really care about Ukrainians, they don't really care about Ukraine, they don't care about Iraqis, Syrians, uh, so on and so forth. It's all about the money and it's this is just an opportunity for the establishment to go against Russia. Mhm. Right. And I just found it funny when he was talking about civilized, like, bro, what? He's like, he, like, he says all that stuff and then he goes, I have to choose my words carefully. It's like, dude, you already messed it up. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. And it's it's so funny to me because Americans lost their mind when they thought that Russia and China meddled in the election. Uh huh. But America meddles in literally everyone's election. We, since, yeah. As long as I've been studying history. We don't we don't. In a lot of cases, depending on where it is in the world, we don't even worry about elections. We just kill all of the opposition and install someone that we like. Exactly. We, you just, again, like this guy was saying, though, you just can't do that everywhere because these are civilized people. Exactly. And in this next clip, we can't uh, talk about uh, he who shall not be named, but I like to call this guy now Sauron's grandson. Um, I think y'all will know who I'm referring to when this oh, clip plays. Oh, Lord. Partly human nature, but they are not in denial. Me, I'm sorry. It's very emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed. Children being killed every day with Putin's missiles and Look, his helicopters and his rockets. And so, of course, I, I understand and respect the emotion. What you are outlining there is this tension between longer-term efforts to apply pressure to Vladimir Putin. You can pause it there. Financial the rest doesn't really matter. <laughs> He's just like, I see a blue high, blue or, uh, blue eyes and blonde hair killed every day. White people killed every day. I yep. just thought it was funny. Yep. Would you Sarah want me to... Zelensky say that. Do you want me to play this last little thing? It's 30, yeah, you can play the last little thing. Now the unthinkable has happened to them. And this is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. <laughs> I wish I could do that Spartan thing. This is Europe. <laughs> this is Europe. How is this here? And it's so funny because they act like Ukraine is some kind of rich, elite society far ahead of many other countries in the uh, world when yeah. Ukraine is literally poorer than... Uh, a lot of the African countries, yeah, right? Not everywhere in Europe is uh, a fully developed first world country. Exactly. That's incredibly what do you ignorant. Mean? How do you <laughs> define first world country? What does a civilized society look like to you? There's more. Again, it's like we talked about. Just because it doesn't look European doesn't mean it's not civilized. Just because it doesn't look exactly. European doesn't mean it's not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh like an elite society functioning first world country. That's what I was looking for. Yep. Uh, and so I put some statistics down in the show notes under that uh, subtitle. This is Europe for people. But I found it funny. This next next link, you know, they didn't really have any problem when they bombed another European country and killed their civilians in 1999, I believe it was. If you want to roll the clip. Sweet. This is Serbia, right? No, this is Yugoslavia. Uh, okay, I'm on the right clip, though, right? Yeah, you're on the right clip. Okay. Oh, 
Sorry, y'all. The offensive was launched to force Serbian troops out of the province of Kosovo after accusations that the Serbs were committing atrocities against the ethnic Albanians. A decade on, Serbia is a country still wrestling with its past, as Jane Azapadi reports. The first bombing of its kind in NATO history. On March 24, 1999, Western nations carried out their threat against Serbia and began the biggest military conflict on Serbian soil since World War II. NATO saw the war as the only way to end President Slobodan Milosevic's violent crackdown in Kosovo, Regime where his Serb nationalist forces were accused of ethnic cleansing against Kosovo's largely Muslim ethnic Albanian population. All right, you can stop it there. But Actually, I'm sorry. I said that to play it to a minute and 17. Yeah, keep playing it. My bad. What began as an attack on military targets soon expanded. Schools, monuments, homes, and even the Chinese embassy were hit. At the end of the campaign, 11 weeks later, Human Rights Watch estimates around 500 civilians were killed. All right, you can stop it there. That's actually, uh, there's another article I found from the Balkan Insight to where they said that uh, 9,000 plus people have been unaccounted for since the bombings took place. So it could be from 500 to over 9,000 civilians that were killed wow. um, from NATO bombings in Yugoslavia. And, and this just shows this is, you know, bombings in Syria, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan that have killed innocent people in Yemen, you know, to where our hand in that has led to mass starvation, like uh, upwards of yep. 16 million people. You got the, who was that dude um, in Libya that Obama took out and now there's uh, let the slave market there after his is he the one that trump called kafefi i think is he the one that they like 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 brutally murdered him i want to say yes um kadaf is it kadafi kadafi sorry sometimes it takes me a minute to run through all of the names but yeah Yeah. if i remember correctly and forgive me if this is not the same guy but someone assassinated him and they took a sword and they like shoved it up behind him and like went upwards like they brutally murdered that guy and and the thing was is okay and this is something that people have to remember uh when these subjects are being talked about and I hate that we have to constantly preface this but when we talk about these things bad they these guys did bad things right but regime change wars and the in these kind of regime changes don't always lead to better outcomes for the people yes it's it's usually what is in the best interest generally of the United States and NATO not what's in the best uh the best interest for us as citizens of the United States or of uh anywhere else in the world where this is happening exactly those people are usually considered casualties of war or collateral damage um and it's why uh every time you hear now about like hospitals being bombed or when um that aid worker and his family got bombed last year or Mm -hmm. when when that terrorist got bombed a couple weeks or blew himself up a couple weeks ago and they said we got him but then there were like seven or eight potentially innocent people who were killed alongside that but it doesn't matter because we got the bad guy Exactly. It's just collateral damage. And there's eventual, as we've mentioned a few times, eventual blowback. Yes. That comes from, um, you know, these bombings. I mean, Dave, it's just bound to happen. Dave's, you can't continuously bomb a country and not expect mm-hmm. people of that country to hate America. Dave Smith has this quote where he says, um, look at who our allies are now and like who we're arming now. Um, those will potentially be our enemies in the next like 10 years. Mm. And it's it's That's one of the quote. and he says that I think he gets that because of um, Al Qaeda, yeah, and how we uh, were arming them and w- went through that whole thing, and then because of all of the stuff that the U.S. was doing back then in the Middle East and what Osama bin Laden saw, uh, that was the blowback that ultimately came. Um, and so, Dude, we, sorry, go ahead. I'm glad you brought up that. Go look at pictures, people from Afghanistan in the 1970s. Right. And then look at Afghanistan in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Complete different change once, you know, bombings and, and war started there. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much a society can be overturned by war just like that. 
uh, it was uh, what's the country in Africa where all the pirates come from? Somalia. Somalia. Somalia was on the same path. They were headed to uh, what would have been considered somewhat of an um, anarchic society where they didn't really have leadership and things were kind of just working. And then mm-hmm. George Bush went in and started essentially a, a, a war there. And now it's like turned into ruin. And this is where a lot of the, the problems come in, right? Is that it, and it goes back to those clips that uh, that we played where everyone goes like modern civilized society, right? And so people will make these arguments. Well, Somalia wasn't like the U.S. It's like, yeah, but it was fine. And then we went in and made it worse. Yeah. Why does it matter that it has to look like our society? It doesn't. It, if they're functioning and they're great on their own. Leave them be. We mm-hmm. don't have to police the world, be in all the world for our national security. Right, Dan Crenshaw? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can police our own borders, and there's ways to safeguard our national security. I'm not an expert in that manner, but I don't think that means being in every single country. Right? And so uh, I do – there's a next section. We don't have to cover it, um, but there is – a lot of videos and reports have come out to where the Ukrainian border security have rejected minorities, uh, Indians, uh, you know, anybody who's Middle Eastern, Africans. And it's just kind of, you know, goes to show the racism and prejudice that occurs when war breaks out. Right, you I'm know gonna, what I mean? I'll play this one. Okay, play it. Oh, if I can remember to unmute it, jeez. African and Indian students stuck in Ukraine are accusing officials of discriminating against them and pushing them back from getting to the border. Videos have been posted on social media said to show black people being prevented from boarding a train and left stranded at a railway station in Lviv as Ukrainians were allowed on. Others said they were turned back from the border and were even being shot at. Like this video, Indian students claim Ukrainian guards on the Polish border uh, beat them up and didn't allow them to cross. Tens of thousands of international students have been stuck in Ukraine since the war started. On Skype with us now right, from Warsaw. I also included in this, I think, at least I thought I did. I found it on Twitter, but uh, finally found it on Twitter. I don't think it's, uh, did I? Let me see, hang on. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's the next one. Uh, you don't have to play it, but uh, literal footage of a white border security officer not allowing black people onto a train, but then allows a white woman. And so that just stuff's just happening. But I think we need to get to the heart of this matter. Um, and we got to realize that it's not just, uh, you know, European wars that matter, but all wars matter. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. This is the right one, right? Yeah. Three minutes and 22 seconds. Ah, I keep... Sorry, y'all. So I, I mute things so that they don't play through, and then I press pause without unmuting them, if anyone was wondering how this worked. The factor is which narratives are most convenient for the U.S. government. Just ask yourself this question. Why was it that for decades of the Afghan war, the Afghan civilians killed by the U.S. state were considered unworthy victims. Then for a brief period during our withdrawal from Afghanistan, suddenly Afghan civilians were worthy victims. And then the news media cared deeply about the fate of the women and girls who would live under Taliban rule. Then, just as suddenly, now that there is a mass famine caused by our own cruel theft of the Afghan government funds, Afghan civilians are once again unworthy victims. The ethnicity, cultural practices, and level of development of the country did not change. What changed was which narrative was convenient for our state. In fact, within the very same country, at the very same time, some victims were deemed worthy and covered as such but the media, by the media, while others were not. So victims of American drone strikes, unworthy. The Afghan girls' robotics team, worthy. All because of what the U.S. state wanted highlighted and what they wanted suppressed. It's disgraceful how the corporate news media is happy to manipulate Americans' most noble humanitarian impulses and channel them in directions that are convenient for U.S. power. Okay. Now skip the 610 and play from there to 633. 610. Got it. We want you to see these victims as the fully worthy human beings that they are is because they're opposing one of our most significant global adversaries. 
Now, some make the opposite mistake of thinking that since the Ukrainian suffering is convenient for the U.S. state, that we should not care about it whatsoever. So let me be totally clear. What's being done to Ukraine by Russia is horrible, and it is heartbreaking, and it deserves to be covered with humanity. Just let it continue I don't want the coverage of Ukraine to have less care and empathy. I want all wars to be given this same treatment. This is also not a call to stop covering the conflict. I believe the stakes for the world of what happens in Ukraine, as we've been laying out here today, are very, very high. We are witnessing a global great power realignment in real time, which will shape our world for decades to come. We are also watching in real time as the worst voices in American politics try to draw us into a war with a nuclear power. Those are serious, consequential topics with global implications, and they deserve thorough consideration. But when the media tries to convince you of the righteousness of a particular cause because of the humanitarian considerations, just remember all of the millions of humanitarian considerations that they care absolutely nothing about. Or, right, as in Palestinians, there. that they go out of their way to be on the wrong side of. This is. There we go. I mean, I think that just pretty much covered the narrative going on in the corporate press, knowing that you know, the establishment government and the military industrial complex is behind them. And it's about caring about who they want hey. with what fits their agenda. Hey, I, I just want to make this little, little point here for just so that we, you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit um, off the air. But uh, what is uh, Crystal Ball's um, political leaning? Liberal Democrat. Um, do you agree with everything she said right there? For the most part. Okay, I could say I agree with everything. I think, you know, I'll let you go ahead because we talked about all there and you brought it up. So go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> Joseph knows what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, Joseph and I, whoa, my mic just swung around. Uh, one of the things Joseph and I like to uh, kind of pride ourselves on, for lack of a better way of putting it, is that uh, because of our specific political views, um, we're kind of in the best camp for each subject um it's it's one of those things where it's like people who fall into crystal's camp on foreign policy a lot of the time they're really good yeah um uh liberals i i can't remember i don't remember exactly what she would call herself i mean things are so different nowadays it's hard to know for sure Right. Um, because just calling someone liberal or calling someone like a uh, what what's the classical liberal or what you know, there's so many different terms oh, yeah. now um, that it's it's hard to put things into uh, like a nice tidy box, if you will. But generally, I think she would classify herself as a liberal and as a Democrat. OK, um, so but on the on these subjects, she's better than just about anyone in uh, politics right now. Anybody that that would generally consider themselves the same thing who is in office currently yeah. um, on that side. And that's one of the things that a lot of people have to be able to come to the realization of, because this is a problem with uh, I'll say Republicans, but, you know, people who would even consider themselves to be like hardcore conservatives as well. Um, just because someone has the D next to their name. Uh, doesn't mean that you should disagree with them just because of that and take the opposite side. Yep. That's one of the da most dangerous things that you're seeing right now is that you have someone go, well, like Crystal goes, yeah, no war. This is not something we should do. We should not be getting into a, a conflict like this with a nuclear power. Uh, and I'm going, yeah, that's she's exactly right. But then you have all these Republicans going, no, we don't want to do that because the liberals are saying that uh, we shouldn't. So we're going to go over there. We need to be involved in this war. We need to go take out all the Russians. And it's a terrible idea. Terrible, oh, terrible absolutely idea. Absolutely terrible. So that's the thing people need to understand. It's like, you have like you don't get to just be like good on everything because you have an R next to your name or you consider yourself a conservative. Like we're we've been talking about, there's nuance to these situations, and Joseph and I aren't going to always be correct on these things. But the difference is, is that we want to actually have conversations. We want to like dig through these things. And on this instance with Crystal and the way that she sees uh, the stuff that's going on in Ukraine, I agree with her. Yeah, completely. And the funny thing is, is that people want to make this a black and white issue instead of a nuance issue because yeah. it's easier for them emotionally too. Yes. Yeah. This you is know? man. Uh, we won't get into this, but there there was some drama that was going on with uh, uh, Ryan Kennel on uh, his Batman yes. review this week, and that is another example of people 
going out of their way to cause drama uh, but and in a situation where if you were willing to have a conversation and be like hey man uh, this is a little weird what did you mean by this uh, all of that would be resolved but that again right. that's not what people want when someone sees you as the enemy per se they're a lot of the time they're going to take the exact opposite side because they see you that way instead yeah, their of intentions is just to destroy you not to have a conversation with exactly, you exactly exactly because they just see a d by your name and label you a libtard or they see an r by your name and call you whatever bigot or, or whatnot exactly um a russian asset and it's and again that polarization keeps us from talking and being able to move forward and quite truly republicans and democrats both have it wrong if we're being frank but that's why we do this podcast so we can show you all this and i think bryce mitchell really covers the whole topic of ukraine and russia really well yes also a uh, small trigger warning i think there is language in this so for those of you, just to give but you a heads David, up. David, we learned. Shut up, Joseph. <laughs> uh, hang on. I... Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Russia and Ukraine situation. You know, um, here, here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground and I will die for everything I love and I will not retreat. If this country's invaded and everybody's saying, well, we gotta, we gotta evacuate, we gotta leave, we got, I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a shit ton of money off of uh, and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous, in my opinion. Uh, so you got Hunter Biden and his son using our tax dollars. Hey, if if Ukrainian government, if you don't do this, we're taking your tax dollars. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street, and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians? And all the, I, brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting. And God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this shit just gets solved. And, man, I don't like war. You know what I mean? I don't want people dying and all that stuff. I don't want to be – but I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think – that's corrupted that we just don't know what's truly going on over there. And I just, I pray all those people are safe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Why, Joseph, why is it that some of the uh, most rational people in the world are people who get their faces beat in on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Bryce Mitchell is a UFC bantamweight fighter. Uh, he beat Edson Barbosa this past week, by the way, too. Nice. Uh, dominated him. It makes, just beat him, but dominated him. It makes that speech and even sweeter. <laughs> it does. And, and I mean, he just got it right. We don't know what's going on. Yes. And there's so much corruption involved, so much politicking involved uh -huh. that it, it it's best for us just to stay out of it the u.s doesn't need to be involved in it and i was thinking i'm like well what do we go, how do we go from here what's the most logical way to kind of combat this and the first thing i did david is i went to my pantry and i saw my russian vodka i'd already bought and i poured it all out <laughs> <laughs> i said no not you, Russian dude. Vodka. Oh my gosh. Um. So yeah. It, it, if <laughs> and then I posted it on Instagram. <laughs> the people knew. <laughs> I I don't stand with Russia, dude. The virtue signaling so hard on some of this stuff. So one of the most interesting things that's been going on, right? We we heard that clip from Kamala Harris ahead of time where she was talking about these atrocities that are going on over there. And again, uh, when innocent people's lives are being lost because of the decisions that are being made by uh, government entities. Um, it's awful. Uh, yes. The problem is, is that like we've been highlighting, uh, the U.S. is not one to talk in the situation. We are not some yep. sort of um, uh, altruistic government that doesn't do the same kind of things that Russia is doing. In fact, there's probably an argument to say that we are significantly worse. Yep. So... Not knowing that, a lot of these companies have been coming out um, and banning, a, 
for some reason, <laughs> right? They've been banning things that are Russian-related. So Yeah, uh, basically Russian citizens is who it's really affecting. Yes, so they're hurting. the first thing they thought of was, how can we hurt Russians? Yeah, how can we hurt the innocent people that are living in yeah. Russia? <laughs> so Twitch has blocked all uh, Russian streamers from their platform. So a lot of these people were making their revenue, their life was made uh, working on Twitch. Dude, man, now I'm not going to be able to watch Putin play Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't worry, Amaranth is still on there. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, PayPal, which is semi-connected to this situation, has cut off all uh, all access to anyone in Russia, which includes a lot of these Twitch play these people who play on Twitch. They can't access, access the funds that were given to them uh, through yeah. donations. What were you going to say? I want I want to make sure I get the group right. Um, I wonder. I think there's a terrorist group called Sir Soldier Boys. I don't know if I'm getting that last part right, but there's this terrorist group that still like PayPal and these com oh. <laughs> uh, companies still allow them to collect money and revenue and yeah, tails uh, and everything. Yep. Yep. Uh, EA has removed any type of Russian material from FIFA. Um, FIFA's the big one. I know there were a couple other things that they got rid of, and they're they're slipping my mind right now, but they've removed any basically anything to do with Russia from their games, um, or they're in Dude, the process I, of doing that. I got rid of my Visa MasterCards because they had supported Russia prior to this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Visa and MasterCard are doing the same thing PayPal's doing. Yeah. Uh, Ford... Uh, Toyota and the uh, bastion of morality VW uh, oh, dude. all such a humanitarian organization yes. along with the Intel yes they're all getting rid of their or they're at the very least quote unquote reducing uh, their presence in Russia uh, and then of course the vodka situation is another one and I know there are more I was just trying to highlight some of these uh, because I couldn't find a definitive list it's like people were talking about them here and there but then I had to listen through people like blabbing about the different um, the different companies and I was like I don't have time for this I just want a list someone just yeah. make a giant list of all of these companies so right. uh, more than likely there are more um, if you think about any of the companies that oh uh, Disney is another one they yes. were they were another big one where they were like Sony. banning their content um Man, yeah, Russia lucked out on that, and Disney and Sony. <laughs> Man, and who else was it? Uh, a lot of the media companies uh, are banning. Well, I'm sure Apple Russia. did the same thing. Their all their streaming content was getting banned yeah. over in Russia, and it's one of those things that it's like, all right, who are you really hurting? Yeah, my first thought was, what can I do to get Disney and <laughs> Sony banned here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, it's like. Next time we do something that causes a crisis in another country, uh, not that we're not involved in the stuff that's going on in Ukraine right now anyway, um, you know, are all these organizations going to stand up and be like, this is terrible. You shouldn't be doing it to these people. Uh, the answer is probably David, a no. slave market, literally an actual slave market came up once Gaddafi was assassinated. Yemen, due to our bombing and getting involved there there are 14 to 16 million people starving i mean we can go on and on if exactly. you want and you know drone strikes after drone strikes and not not even just that but uh innocent americans getting killed mm -hmm. overseas from drone strikes yep Ch children and so i mean it just it, it's like yes we need to care about ukraine ukrainians but we need to care about everyone all wars matter right and it's funny because People, uh, I think I want to say this before we close out. If you're interested in supporting organizations that help in Yemen and in places where there's a lot of disaster and starvation and basically disaster relief, um, if you know of any great ones, let me know. But I just did some brief research today and I listed them in our show notes. You can go there. Um, and I tried to find some that were reputable. But... Uh, the other thing I was thinking with this all wars matter is I remember when the black lives matter stuff was going on and, um, people were responding with all lives matter, right on mm -hmm. the right with their, uh, thin blue line, American flags. And I think Auburn preach did a great job 
of covering this, and I think they'll do a good job of closing us out. Well, are you sure it wasn't Lindsey Graham where he said, is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more <laughs> successful uh, colonel, uh, Staffenberg in Russian military? The only way this ends is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You yeah, would be doing I, your country and this world a great service. And then Such a great diplomat. Uh, and, and then uh, the Mises caucus said, openly calling for a regime change yet again. This time with a nuclear power? No way this ends well. And then people said, he didn't really mean, that's not what Lindsey Graham meant. No. Listen, South Carolina, can you please vote this guy out? Vote someone good into office, please. Please get him out. The, that dude is a, a psycho. He is South Carolina, right? Yeah, he is SC. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're right. Abba and Preach, they had a, a great way to to close us out. I got to stay on the back train with everybody else while you guys get on first and your lives matter more. I don't even get on the train. Right? The whole I li- all lives matter, you realize that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> you can say all, it, it's not true at all. <laughs> it's not. You remember how lives matter? What happened to that? <laughs> no, no, as soon as that fucking first rocket. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I messed it up. No, you remember how lives matter? What happened to that? <laughs> no, no, as soon as that fucking first rocket came no, in. No. What lives matter? They were out here marching. Right? Yeah. So, so where's, the, where's the all lives now? This has been episode 74 of The Underground. Joseph, do you have anything else you want to add before we close? Yeah, don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, and be sure to have a great week. And until Thursday, y'all take it easy. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, horsemen, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it, homes. it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial-up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave for you or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather, control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.